Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Uh, you were telling me about this great technique that you've been using with clients who, who have a problem, which is that they've been given objectives that sound more like marching orders than actual objectives. And, and you have a great name for it too, adversarial analysis. What's adversarial analysis and, and, and why do we need it? Okay, so the, let me set it up. The, the situation that I see over and over again at lots of clients is that somebody uh, will uh, give a direction to somebody else. It's usually, very commonly the CEO giving a direction to, say, the head of product or the CTO. Uh, that's where I see it often, but it could be, it could, the same thing would happen in sales or in marketing or uh, customer service could happen all over the business. And, and often what happens is that the direction is kind of, the um, it's not a strategy, it's a tactic, or it, it's sort of one level down from where it should be. And the, the thing that seemed very useful uh, was something that I actually did uh, and learned about and used in a completely different context in the a analysis of algorithms. And, and so um, what listeners might be familiar with are algorithms and tools that are uh, used to determine whether or not a uh, website or some other service is secure. And there's often a couple of people, Alice and Bob, and they want to communicate, say, a credit card number or a, oh, but there's a customer Eve order. Also. <laughs> and that's Eve is the adversary. Eve yeah. is evil Eve. And <laughs> Eve is coming along trying to do something bad. And you also do this in uh, the analysis of the speed of, of um, algorithms that do things like sort numbers and so on. And, and the, the key element of all of this is that it's very helpful to imagine that somebody is out to get you. They're really going to try to do the wrong thing um, as best as possible. They're kind of uh, practicing malicious compliance. So Eve might be visiting your website, and because she's visiting your website, she has to click on buttons and enter uh, um, names and addresses and things. But instead, she enters um, some uh, SQL code that deletes your entire database um, because she's evil. That little Bobby drop tables shows up. That's that's the example. <laughs> so we'll link that in the show notes, I'm sure. But the the point is that you um, uh, uh, you're you're using this imagined evil being not because you think they're really out there. Maybe they are, but if if you think about somebody whose only mission is to make your life miserable, then it un unearths lots of things that you might have been missing. If you make the happy assumption that we often like to make which is that everybody's got the, the, our best interests at heart. And it catches all the people who are doing things by accident or through kind of non-terrible uh, um, maliciousness, and, and it kind of catches them all together. So the point is that um, let, let's take an example for one of my, one of my clients. The uh, 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 direction was um, never fail uh, on a particular transaction. So when the user's trying to do something, never fail it. Uh, make sure that the user always gets a positive result, that they always have the, the, the booking, the um, uh, purchase, the um, whatever it is that they're doing, it succeeds. That sounds and, great. Yeah, absolutely. What if everybody who came to buy something from us succeeded? And I said, well, yeah, let's think about this adversarially, because one of the things that you might do is accept orders and requests and other things that are obviously fraudulent. They have bad oh. credit card numbers, <laughs> right? They have uh, they come from people who have scammed you before. The, whatever your anti-fraud division is doing, forget what they're doing. And the advantage of that would be you would make sure that you uh, reduce the number of failures really to a small number. But that's not so good. That's <laughs> you, right. You're losing money. Yeah. When when you told me that exactly, it kind of reminded me of Goodhart's law. 
uh, which, which is the idea that um, any measure ceases to be a good measure when it becomes a target. So in this, when you're looking at your success rate here, it becomes a target, you know, never fail. We want a hundred percent. It no longer is a good measure of the business. It, you get this distortions. You, you don't get the benefits that you were hoping for. Whereas in, a, in, in the happy path case of, yeah, more success is more better. But now the, the adversarial approach, you know, shows the problems with just going along that way naively. What happens when you suddenly make this a, a, a target, then you open yourself up to kind of various problems. Absolutely. And one of the other classic examples is the uh, famous uh, uh, pizza arbitrage, which we'll also link in the show notes. And that's an example where uh, a delivery company in the U.S. was offering delivery for a restaurant without that restaurant's permission (laughs) and without scraping the restaurant's website very well. So the result was that they were selling a pizza that cost $24 for $10 or something like that. And the um, owner actually went off and bought pizzas from himself and made money for, 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 for not, with no risk at all. Um, and the point is that there's somebody there who would actually be really happy about that because they'd say, great, there's more and more pizzas being bought. This is super. And this person wasn't taking into account the possible adversarial action. In this case, it was a real <laughs> adversary actually <laughs> defrauding them or taking money away in a kind of sneaky, it's probably not even fraud, right? No, uh, it's not. You're just ordering. It's, this is exactly. Your, you, you set yourself up to do this, yeah. <laughs> but some they, somebody at the company is saying, great, we have more orders, but they, they haven't considered, are we actually making any money on those orders? In fact, they were right. losing, losing money because they were buying it for one price and selling it for a lower one, which is a good way to go out of business very quickly. That's right. So it's one of those cases where the sort of, it sounds like the problem here is when you have kind of a simplistic sort of target you're given, go do this thing that isn't well considered, doesn't really have the constraints on it. And that's what your adversarial analysis is pointing out is sort of the implicit assumptions that you were making that should have been there, but weren't specified. Is it something like that? Exactly. And and that's what I did with my with my client. We we had a look at this direction on, on never fail. And we said, Actually, if we think about it, there are cases where we'd really like to fail. It's not just fraud. Uh, there are cases where we know the person just bought one of these. So do they really want two? Uh, there's, they're not selling a product that you really want two of very often. It's not, you know, we might want two pizzas, but you probably don't want two cars or something yeah. <laughs> like that, right? So um, if, if it's a double order, you, you, you're not happy about it. You want to say, hey, user, are you really sure? Maybe you don't want to, to do this. And the person said, yeah, actually, there are lots of cases like that. And, and um, we want users to, to be happy because they we, we failed for them in a, in a way that was productive and helpful. And I said, oh, we want happy users. That's what we really want. So what we decided was that the, the target should be something like everybody leaves our booking site, our, our page where people do this activity. Um, they, they leave that purchase uh, transaction happy. And they might leave happy that they did not purchase. But they, we want them saying, great, this is a super company. I want to come back and purchase more stuff from it because either they sold me a great thing or they uh, didn't sell me it for a really good reason. And, of course, we also want the, the financial uh, controller to say, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm happy as well <laughs> that we actually made some money on the transaction. So that's, that, right. that's the sort of thing that I've discovered when I apply this uh, adversarial analysis with my clients. It really helps you to unearth very quickly what are the things that could go wrong with this and what is the underlying interest. Because the interest here wasn't get more orders. The interest was make more happy customers who come back and order more. 
And once we understood that, it was much easier to align to that. And then, of course, it'll be easier to build actual features in the, in the software that help with that. Really clear error messages and uh, helpful detection of problems earlier in the transaction flow and all of those sorts of things suddenly flow out when you give the target, um, make the customer happy rather than uh, get more orders. Right. This is this is great. I got to say, there's three things that come to mind from from the story and what we discussed about. And the first is, um, it, it struck me that this is right out of Art of Action, uh, which we've talked about on this podcast before, and the idea of briefing and back briefing. And there were two concepts in there that both seem to apply, which is one is it, it's describing how people usually uh, aren't very good at giving orders or directions or you know setting the uh, intent. Uh, depending on which language you're using. And in, in that book, they described a very nice model of briefing and back briefing. And the point it made was that the um, executives, the leaders, the officers, generals, however you want to put it, are usually, um, they're, they're not giving good briefings uh, because they're not talking at the right level. They're, you're usually getting down one level too low. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're seeing here. And so a good briefing gets you elevated to the right level and your adversarial analysis in part pushes back and, and gets you back up to the right level, which I really like. And the second is a good, a good briefing has constraints in it. So it, it bring, uh, it, the, again, it, your adversarial analysis is helping to bring those constraints out that are uh, important. So you, you know, it wasn't just that you went and said, okay, no, we, we want to have uh, people leave with a high success rate. And with these constraints, you actually got to a higher level of concern, which is them leaving happy. And then there's kind of constraints that would come along with that. So both of those things. And the last thing is uh, this kind of adversarial analysis sounds like a really useful conversation and, you know, multiple parties kind of exploring the, the what's the meaning here? What's really the interest that we're after? And so be able to have that conversation as opposed to just taking what you're given, you know, go, you know, go increase this by 10%, lower that by 20%. And you're saying like, really, let's, let's talk this through. And the, the generative power of a, of a conversation that has the psychological safety that the, the person who you're kind of challenging in the kind of adversarial approach takes it as that you're doing it as a way of improving the outcomes that you're doing this to get better outcomes. So you need a certain amount of trust to have that conversation. But if you do, it sounds like you can end up in a much better place. So those are three things that that came to me. And I love the dynamics going on here. Yeah, and it would be it would be very important to make clear that you do not, in fact, intend to go out and order a bunch of pizzas in order to make risk free <laughs> free cash. Um, but you are thinking about how someone could do that, and whether that then means that actually we we've got the target a bit wrong here. What do we actually mean? So it's a, a good way of, of uh, producing it, but you, you would definitely want to give that disclaimer before yes. <laughs> before launching into it with your boss. Yeah, the, the disclaimer of, look, I'm, I'm, I'm on your side, <laughs> and I'm going to ask some questions here to clarify the constraints. This isn't me trying to shoot down your ideas. I'm trying to better understand it. That's actually a really uh, critical thing. I, I So often when I'm in my coaching, the first lesson is your boss needs to know that you're on their side <laughs> because so often... What happens if you if people are saying that the boss is saying things that you agree with, people say nothing and they only raise objections. And so the boss is left thinking this person doesn't get it. They're, they just they're, they're not aligned. They don't understand because all the things you agreed with, you, you didn't say. So it's worth it's worth re- reminding your, uh, y- yourself when you're going to go have this conversation is 
that that your boss does can't read your mind and know that you're you're taking this adversarial approach in a positive sense, in a constructive sense. So it's worth you know making that explicit. There we go. So uh, we always like to make concrete suggestions for our listeners. So we've heard over the years from many of you who who say, man, I just don't understand the directions I'm getting. The requirements are um, either too vague or too specific. The the specific symptom here would be something that's coming really at the wrong level. It's too specific. It's giving you too much detail. uh, And that's the feeling you have and the way to validate that and get back up to a level that's most effective and that has the right constraints is to imagine that each Eve is going to be um, maliciously complying with this uh, th- this direction, and to think about all the things that could go wrong if somebody was out to get you. So uh, we look forward to hearing about how many of you have uh, adopted a uh, healthy paranoia, and uh, how how Eve is your best friend. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll look forward to hearing from you. And of course, you can get in touch with us, and and we like hearing from listeners all the time. So uh, for example, uh, uh, if you disagree with this idea and you say this isn't working, or I tried it and, and I didn't get the right results, we'd love to hear from you about that. So uh, you can get in touch with us at agileconversations.com. That uh, we've got um, uh, our uh, email address and um, you can find our Twitter feeds and other great things there. Um, Jeffrey reminded me that the footer of the website isn't quite the right one. We got to update that, but um, you can find lots of information about us as well as free videos, all kinds of things. I'm going to be in Berlin, Miami, and Vienna in the next few months. So uh, there are events going on. Jeffrey runs fantastic uh, uh, dojos uh, that are virtual on on how to have better conversations. So um, find out about all those things at agileconversations.com. And of course, you can also come back and and hear us again when we're back with another episode of Troubleshooting Agile next Wednesday. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.